Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Hello, kiddies! It's me, Dr. Fuck from Thrash or Die, and I'm also on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Hey, look, the first time I introduced myself as a host on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, and with me is the owner of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, and that is... Yeah! Fucking Ian fucking motherfucking Wadley. And when I say motherfucking, I mean it! Because he fucks my mom. So this week, we are not going to review an album. No, we're not going to review two albums. What? We're going to review two and a half albums. Woo! That's right. We're going to go through the Fraley's Comet discography. The whole canon? That's right. And there ain't no time for news. So we're just going to dive right into No time it. for news. No time for news. Oh, yeah. No wonder you're in a Beaver Brown Band trivia band. Do you know the song No Time to Lose by the Tony Spencer Band? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. I think it's like one of those classic rock Yeah, songs. look it up. It's like one of those Vietnam yeah. songs. No right? time for news? Never mind. Ah, uh, whatever. Okay, so uh, no time for news, but, uh, but we got time for... Fraley's comment. So we're gonna go headlong into it. We just finished doing it. To be honest, come on, it's not bullshit the audience, okay? This is how it is. We do a review and then we come back and do news a little later. But looking at the clock, how much we spent time on this review, there's just no no way I can edit it down where we can do a half hour news segment. So I figured this will be one of those episodes that if you're listening to this now, it's a real busy week for me and Ian where we can't do news. <laughs> So this is one. This is one where we're gonna put into that box of, you know, in case of emergency, break glass. So let's go into what we already talked about just a few hours ago. This is our review of Fraley's. Comments. Whatever, Curly. Did I say comments? Maybe. <laughs> it's Fraley's comments. Here we go. All right, now it's time that uh, we review Fraley's Fraley's comment. I always say freely. It's, yeah, what's wrong with you? I don't know. I, my favorite member, and I can't pronounce his name correctly. It's really freely, but as you listen to this program, I will say freely many more times than freely. It's just the way it is. Um, and we're gonna do the we're gonna review Freely's comment. That means two and a half albums. Yeah. This, this week we're gonna do the debut, the mini EP, and the second album. Second sighting. Um, before we get into it, I'll say my little history. Uh, yeah, boy, back in the day, years went by much longer than they do now. And the last time we heard from Ace Fraley, <laughs> I got um, was uh, 1981's The Elder because you know he, he didn't play on uh, on uh, Creatures. So from The Elder all the way to the first Fraley's comment was six years, right? 
Six years is an eternity. Even in today's age, to, you know, six years between albums is kind of bad. Let me ask you something real quick. Uh, at the time of Creatures of the Night, did you... When did you find out that it wasn't Ace Frehley oh, on... Uh, that, did, did you know right away? Oh, no, no. Uh, when, it wasn't on the album? Uh, no, yeah. no. I didn't find out till... I, can't, I, I really can't tell you when, but it was many years later. <clears throat> many years. Um, but... Uh, how did I find out? You want to know how I found out Ace Freely was no longer in Kiss? And this was, yes. this was pretty bad. I found out Ace Freely was no longer in Kiss while I was driving to see Kiss on that tour. We were on our way to see the Creatures of the Night tour, West Palm Beach, good hour and a half from my house. Well, I wasn't driving. I was a kid. But, you know, on the radio, they said, well, Ace Freely was in a car accident, so he won't be playing tonight. So they got somebody called Vinnie Vincent. And I was like, oh, damn. Ace Frehley's like my favorite member. It was, I was really bummed. I left the concert happy. I thought it was still a great show. But I also walked out feeling like I didn't see Kiss. But, um, yeah, that was, that was kind of lame. Anyway, so the first time that I heard anything from the Frehley's Comet album was a total shock and surprise. Because, you know, through the years, we kept seeing, like, Ace, like, on, uh, on, in magazines, like, you know, promoting Washburn guitars, and, you know, that's the first time we saw him without makeup, and he kept showing up in magazines for this and that, but there was no talk of any new music. Like, there was no, I mean, at least I don't remember ever reading in magazines that, oh, Ace Fraley's got a new album coming out. The way I found out it was coming out, and it was a shock, and it was a pleasant shock, was, um... Metal Shock, that that radio show, said on it, it goes, next week, we will have the debut of Ace Frehley's new album, you know, the, the song off Ace Frehley's new album from the Frehley Con, and I was like, what? Wow, I couldn't believe it, you know, and I remember telling my friend, who's still my friend, by the way, uh, Milo, I told him, dude, Ace Frehley's got a new album, it's coming out, you know, they're, they're going to show it on Metal Shop, and he goes, yeah, right. I'll believe it when I see it, you know. And I tuned in the next week, all happy, ready to hear this shit. And they played Rock Soldiers. And I was like, wow, this is exactly what I've been waiting for. Yeah, it's cheese and everything. But at the time, it was like, this is fucking amazing. I love it. Um, that's my first taste of Fraley's Comet. And I did get to see the tour. Them headline here in Miami Beach. White Lion opened. Ain't Ooh. That yeah, White Lion opened that show. And, uh, you know, they were nobody yet. And um, and they were pretty terrible, actually. But, um, what do you call it? So, uh, then I'll get into the music when, when we get into it. So now you tell us uh, your, your uh, how you lost your Fraley's Comet virginity. Well, initially it was kind of like what you were talking about. You'd see ads in magazines. And I remember, I think the first time I saw him without his makeup uh, was, I can't remember if it was like an amp ad or a guitar ad, but he was wearing this horrible red jumpsuit. That was Washburn <laughs> guitar. And the guitar was ugly. It was oh, like it, black it and was, white guitar. 
it was so fucking ugly. It was yeah. so ugly. And I remember thinking, holy shit, Ace is a fucking Chinaman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I really, I thought that looking at it, I was like, he's a fucking Chinaman. He does look very Oriental in that in that picture, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of the early uh, Fraley's comment shit, I was like, you gotta be shitting me, you know? No ticket, no laundry, you know? But I, but I was such a huge Kiss fan at the time. I wanted anything with, with Ace. I mean, because when I came on board, like, full-fledged, like, I'm in there. It, You know, it was the Kulik era. It was with Asylum. And I loved it. But as soon as I, you know, got into it, and then I dove back and found everything that made them them, I was like, oh, fuck this guy. I want Ace in there. You know, Ace is the fucking man. Exactly. The, the, the China man, <laughs> you know. You know, I, mean, I, I actually, when I saw it, I, was, I thought I go, "Fuck, Ace is not black." I thought he was black this whole time, but then I real, <laughs> then I realized I was looking at the wrong Ace on Kiss yeah. the Phantom. There you go. But uh, yeah, so I saw those ads, and that kind of threw me for a loop. But uh, you know, I remember seeing—I uh, don't know if it was a world premiere or just the first time I saw it—was uh, Into the Night video. Yes. And, and man, I fucking loved it. You know, I mean, it it is very much, and I consider these albums very much of the time. Uh, it's unfortunate that he took that long to put something out because it came out at the height of the cock rock. So there was a lot of, you know, cock rock and over keyboard and, you know, pop metal kind of shit uh, in the music. But still at that time, I mean... Peter Chris could have put out a solo album, but I would have said it sounded good. I really didn't like grow up and see shit as it was till Psycho Cirque. When that shit came out, I was like, okay, now I'm not going to drink all of the Kool-Aid. I'm not going to say everything they do is good. But back then, I mean, I even liked the Elder back then. I would make any excuse. Oh, it's good. It's just different. You know, I, I would not admit Kiss or any member could do anything wrong because they were my life. Um, you know I'm going to hold this against you. You know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. And I'll admit it. I'll be honest with it. All right, go on. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, so I was so excited for this to come out, and I bought this as soon as I fucking could. I, and I bought every Ace Fraley album as, as soon as it came out. You know? I mean, it just it's fucking Ace Fraley. <laughs> you know? The Sound of Kiss. I mean, as much as I love you know, some post-Ace albums, uh, to me, it never truly sounds like Kiss without his guitar. And uh, and it's just amazing. And I don't think by any means is he a virtuoso, but uh, he, he has a distinct sound. And I love that sound. In many cases, Ace Frehley is, uh, in my opinion, better than virtuosos. I'd rather have an Ace Frehley guitar than Yngwie Malmsteen. Any day. Oh, I like Gene says, it's an angry bee. You just want to yeah, shoot better, it. Better than Mark St. John. Look, I think Ace Fraley is the greatest guitar player ever to be in Kiss. And what I mean oh. by that is the greatest guitar player that knew how to structure songs. You know, Bruce Kulick was great. I, I, you know, but he wasn't really... I can't remember a Bruce Kulick solo. You know what I mean? Where Ace Fraley, you can hum his solos. His souls are songs within songs. 
Bruce Kulick is more, all right, Paul, do you like it or not? Where Ace is like, hey, Curly, like it or not, this is how it's going to go. Well, I mean, there's only been one guitar player for Kiss, and that is Ace. Yeah. Anybody who's come after Ace is asked to play whatever's current, and then when we play the old shit, try to be Ace. Right. You know, he is the only guitar player that has his own sound. And, and uh, you know, as much as I love Vinnie Vincent, you know, but Vinnie Vincent was very much being the sound of the time. Yeah, you know, yeah, Mark... you, can't, you can't differentiate Vinnie Vincent to any other shredder. Right, you know? but... And, uh, and the same but... thing with Bruce Kulick. Even though Bruce Kulick was not a shredder, his guitar playing is not... It doesn't have its identity. You know what I mean? Right, like, like I don't know if I honestly know what Bruce Kulick sounds like. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, and I, I, I need to check out his solo shit a little bit more, but it's like, does he have his own sound? Is there something, you know, without being told what to play and to say, hey, Bon Jovi's hip now, sound like Bon Jovi, or Eddie Van Halen's hip, sound like Eddie Van Halen. I would love to hear a pure, any of those guys, without them trying to imitate somebody. Ace never imitated anybody. Right. He was just Ace. And that's why he is classic. And, you know, it's like, while technically there may be a million guitar players more proficient than him, he has his own sound that, you know, when you hear it, you know it. Even though I have been fooled, you know, like I used to think my favorite fucking uh, Ace solo was fucking Larger Than Life, and then I found out it's Bob Kulik. But then again, that's Bob Kulik being told to play like Ace, <laughs> you know? The first track, like I said earlier, I mean, the first thing I heard, uh, Rock Soldiers. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people online say, man, it's so cheesy, you know. Huh, two, three, four, rock, two, three, four. Well, fuck you. I, I rock, okay? Therefore, I can identify. And, you know, it's, it's all about a graphical, about Ace with his... Uh, car crashes and drunk drivings back in the day with the classic line uh, if the devil wants to play his card game now he's gonna have to play without an ace in his deck uh i gotta tell you in another memory i mean when i heard this song i was like oh my god this is you know me my as an ace really fan this song is like everything by numbers to make me pump my fist and go crazy saying, Ace, where you been? And, oh, Ace, thank you for doing this because Rock Soldiers gave me that feeling of, you know what? I miss this guy. I've been dying to hear from him forever, but you know what? This song right here shows me. It was worth the wait. And not a lot of bands can do that. Not a lot of artists can do that. Another thing that reminds me a lot of Rock Soldiers was Headbangers Ball. The first time they played this. They already had Into the Night. Into the Night was... Um, aired first it was the first video but uh i'll never forget i was with this girl and i was super drunk and I, you know we were at my, you know my little pad i had this little fucking pad with a legal cable and uh i'm really drunk watching um headbangers ball and they said oh tonight we're gonna have a premiere from ace fraley and i was like oh cool i didn't know it was gonna be rock soldiers but i was like fucking you know, hey long as it ain't that one song, I'll be happy because I love this song. And um, they played Rock Soldiers and I'm rocking and this chick, she's getting into it. But man, 
when Ace really went into the guitar solo and his guitar started smoking, I went so crazy that I spilled my drink all over her. <laughs> nice. I was like, oh shit, yeah! And when I spilled the drink, I was like, for a split second, I looked at her and go, sorry. And I looked back at the screen pumping, fuck yeah, Ace! She's like, you motherfucker. I'm like, shh, yeah! You know, I was shushing her because I wanted to see it. And then after, I apologized, you know? Uh, yeah, man, seeing Ace Fraley guitar smoke after so many years of only seeing remember seeing it in kids videos really because i never saw i never saw he's fairly live till this tour uh rock soldiers hell of a song yes it gets blamed for being cheesy but then again people that look at it cheesy you know you ain't worth my fart yeah you know what i mean by that ian are you worth my fart ian let's hear what you think uh I, I love it. It's a it's a great album opener, great way to introduce he's back. Yes, it is cheesy. Oh my god, it's cheesy. But good cheese, man. Yeah, it's it, like, it, it's like it this is. this cheese is still fucking uh, fresh, and it's not expired yet. <laughs> but uh, what I love about this song is this was my first introduction to somebody singing about your mother too. Because when he says the closer you get to that fiery hole. You have to make it alone. Oh, God damn it, Ian. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I love it. Even the, There's some shit that's a little cringeworthy on it, but I love it. But no, the, what? Well, just like like lyrically. The, it's ace, kinda, the ace in the deck, that part? Yeah, kind of. No, but, man, that's your rule. Well, well I, I, I love the ace in the deck and the... Just down. Just down. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I, 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 I do love that, but, you know, it's like... It's kind of preaching away. And what's so funny is he's like singing about being clean and sober, and he was anything but clean and sober. But the best thing about this song is hearing that guitar again. You know, and hear, like, you know, it's Ace. You know, it's, it's like, this is Ace Fraley. Like, oh my God. You know, to, to hear that, just that sound. I mean, it's him. You know, it's him. There's no faking Ace Fraley unless you put on his makeup and play like him and sing Shock Me and move like him. I don't know. And refuse to play any black and blue songs. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but no, I mean, I still... I, I, I have a soft spot for this song and your mother. And oh. and I dig it. I, I It's a great way to open the album. The next one is Blackout. And this is a song so fucking good. Breakout. <laughs> but I Black, blackout is what's going to happen to you in about an hour. Yeah, you're right about that. You're really drunk this time. <laughs> Black, blackout. Right. We're reviewing Ace, not the Scorpions. Oh, okay. Uh, love this song. So good, it was left off the Elder. Because it's good. Uh, this was written with Ace and Eric Carr. And then had lyrics added by Richie Scarlett, who was in the band before they released the album. He let he left before. I wonder why. Uh, uh, they said he loved to concentrate on his solo album, or like a solo career. But I think it could have been, like, this band was in such disarray. Like, no solid management. You know, it was very, you know, Ace was all over the place. I mean, this guy's like, oh, man, this shit's going to crash and burn. Maybe I need to concentrate somewhere else. He did come back for Trouble Walking. Uh, you know, and a lot of people say, I'm glad he's in the band now because a lot of people say it's awesome when he plays with Richie. Uh, 
But anyway, great fucking song. Uh, it became Car Jam 91 on the Kiss Revenge album, which I kind of have mixed feelings about. First, you know, I my initial thing is like, leave Aces playing on. But at the same time, it's like, Eric and Bruce were really good friends. So I don't mind that he put his stamp on it because he was closer to fucking Eric than fucking Gene or Paul were. So it's kind of a mixed thing. But we're talking about the version on Fraley's Comet. And, and I did, the lyrics are kind of like, eh, but the feel of the song, I, I, I love. Great drumming, great guitar playing, and uh, I've heard that he asked Eric Carr to play on this, and Kiss, like, said no fucking way, you know, they put their foot down, you're not doing it, and Eric, unfortunately, knew where his bread was buttered, and, you know, he had enough headbutton shit with fucking Paul that he didn't push it. Uh, but it's a shame because I would have that would have been great. But I, I I do dig this song. Now here's something that's on Wikipedia, but isn't in the album notes because I I still have my original CD. Our friend of the show G Ford Gildan Gerbert Godfrey whatever the fuck his name is <laughs> Godfrey uh, yeah. Uh, Gordon uh, Gerber Gordon Gerber Gordon Gordon Gerber supposedly plays on this song doing like keyboards and sampling and shit that one of three songs that Boy, if you it's go very low in the mix because i hear no keyboard yeah yeah or sampling or some shit like that there's three songs according to oh, wikipedia the beginning of the song with the cartoon effects that could be it because it's programming keyboards and samples he's credited with three songs on wikipedia and i think it's great what do you think ralph Love this song, and I really love the lyrics. I don't think the lyrics are that cheesy. I love that the food here sucks. I'm not about to wait. See the Come food. To my senses. The food here sucks. Line always gets me. I'm like, oh. I love that line, dude. Because uh, of jail. The the food in jail sucks. So I've heard. I don't know. I've never been to jail. Oh I no. To, I've no. been to juvie. I know you have. Yes. Yes. What were you in jail for? <laughs> Uh, do, do you well, want to say? <laughs> well, officially on the books, reckless driving, but I was arrested on a DUI. Okay, all right. Okay. Surprise, so surprise. Yeah, I'm shocked. Anyway, so I love Breakout. Um, you know, I, I almost like was going to correct you, but you know what? You, you kind of like set, set my mind straight too. Because by them putting Car Jam... With Bruce Kuka not Ace, I always upset. That always upset me. But then you bring up the fact that, you know, Bruce and Eric were tight, so I can kind of, I, not kind of, I totally accept it now. But at the same time, couldn't you put the Ace version on the box set? You know, Todd Howard. I gotta tell you, man, that guy's voice sometimes it borders on me to like, you know, uh, to to Mark Slaughterland. You know, I, but you know, it, it it remains right on the edge where it's. I love his voice. Just sometimes he goes a little overboard, but he doesn't do it on Breakout. Sounds great. Um, it sucks because I, I think Richie Scarlet was has more of a street type voice, like a street, like a rocker, where where Todd Howard is very AOR, like you know radio friendly Richie Scarlett was like you can tell Richie Scarlett must have done some smack in his time I met that guy actually and he's a super nice guy I used to sell smack to that guy 
Oh, there you go. I knew it. I knew there was something about him. But yeah, I met him when he was in Sebastian Bach. He was in Sebastian's Bach band, and when uh, and Sebastian Bach would play uh, that song that's off Trouble Walking, where Richie sings, uh, "Too Young to Die," I think it's called. Yeah, that was in the Sebastian Bach set list. Well, anyway, uh, just going on. I love Breakout, and how can you not over? How can you, Ian, overlook the fact that you have the amazing? Anton Fig doing those rip it out type rolls before the fucking drum solo. Which, by the way, I don't know if anybody out there has seen this, but oh, I'm gonna, I gotta bring this up because I've been working hard lately on the YouTube videos, and now that I've caught up, what I'm gonna do now, and I did this with uh, the Deep Purple and uh, uh, a couple other ones, I match, I actually put videos. And I match the audio to the video while we're talking. So while you're looking at the video, you hear us talking. Well, what I'm going to do in this part, there is an awesome video of Ace doing Breakout in a studio with Anton Fig and Richie Scarlett um, in a recording studio. And that's what you're looking at right now. And uh, I love Breakout. Fucking killer tune. What's the next one? All right, the next song is Into the Night. Into the Night. Oh, I love this. Written by the same guy I did New York Groove. Um, Russ Ballard, was that his name? Yes, Russ Ballard. I love Into the Light. It, it's a song that if Kiss would have released it, it would have been bigger. If he was in Kiss, if, if this song was on Crazy Nights, because that's the album that came out the same year as this album. Yes. Yes. Um, it is poppy. It is more, you know, for the album. It's because this album's very heavy. It's on Megaforce, which is another cool thing. Um, and but you know, Megaforce didn't have the dollars and the push that what, what were, Mercury did. Mercury had Def Leppard and you know, you name bon, it. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. So Scorpions. Yeah, they had a lot more, you know, power. So kids can. Re- release a clunker like Crazy Nights and it'll sell like three times more than this. Which, you know, shows you, you know, the, the power of money. But, um, I love Into the Night. Um, it's, uh, it's a nice pop song. The, the video is pretty cool. Kind of cheesy. Ace really caring about a homeless chick that's hot. <laughs> when do you ever see a homeless girl that's hot? But anyway, <laughs> it, it, it's a wacky video and they're playing in the street. Uh, I dig it. I liked Into the Night. What do you think? Uh, love it. Favorite song on the album. Uh, video was filmed in San Francisco. Really? Uh, it got it got that New York City vibe. Yeah, no, it was filmed in San Francisco. Um, yeah, I love this song written by Russ Ballard, who did write New York Groove, a song which I detest. I fucking hate New York Groove, but I love this song. Russ Ballard released it on his own album in 1984 but uh man ace just owns this shit um great vocals too by oh oh yeah yeah he is a he is a great voice on this album um i really dig it this was his biggest solo hit it made it to number 27 on the rock charts not the billboard 100 but a separate rock chart it was number 27 and um i love it my first exposure to the album and uh Man, it's still one I listen to today. It's like 
man, when, when Ace has, I mean, I, I love some Ace shit, but sometimes when he has some other people right, he can just put his own Ace stamp on it and fucking sell it. And he sold the fucking shit out of this song. Absolutely love Into the Night. Just like, I mean, I know you don't like it, but Ace sold New York Groove because I saw the the original version. I think the band was called Hello. Yeah. There's actual video footage of that band playing New York Groove on YouTube. Was Russ Ballard in that band? That I'm not sure. But, you know, I will say this. I'm in the minority. Uh, most people love New York Groove. The bar I live above, it is a huge song at the bar, and it's not like they're all Kiss fans. But they love that song. I'm sorry. I hate the fucking song. But a lot of people love it, so... You know what sells New York Groove to me is the vocals. He's just... His vocals are so... I don't know. They're rich, and I just love the way he sounds. That, that mellow talk he does. Oh. And then he, he starts screaming, Here I am in the city with a fistful of dollars. And baby, you better believe. I love that shit, dude. But... We're not talking about that. We're talking about Freddy's comments. So let's go into the next song, which is a Todd Howard song, and that's uh, Something Moved. And this is all Todd. He wrote the music and the lyrics, and uh, I love it. It was another single from the album, made it to number 64 on the rock charts, not on the Billboard 100, but on the rock charts. Um, I really dig this song. And I don't hate lost. Todd as much as a lot of people do. And, uh, you know, another thing is uh, Todd was in Cheap Trick for a lot of years, uh, playing off stage as a keyboard player and background vocals. And uh, I, I don't hate this guy like a lot of people do. Uh, and, and I think it was neat to have, like, a, a different voice to go along with Aces. Uh, kind of compliment it because... Because where, where Ace is best is definitely in Kiss because you can, he can concentrate on guitar and everybody takes a turn singing and stuff. Uh, and I think it made for stronger albums. And uh, I think Todd helped Ace make some strong albums. I dig this song. What do you think of Something Moved? Something Moved fucking rocks, man. It's a great song. And let me say, after he left Ace Freely and went back to Cheap Trick, Cheap Trick, uh, during the Busted era um todd was on stage with them oh he was yeah okay. they, let, they let him on stage during uh the whole show he was up there during the busted era i saw the busted tour twice and both times todd was on, and they even introduced him during the show horrible but, album by the way horrible but, album. no no i liked busted uh, uh busted no no it, it yeah there were moments on that that's like oh man you can tell it's fucking label pressure but Man, yeah, we should review that one. Oh. You drive, I steer, oh. rock and roll tonight. Oh, uh, there's some good songs on there. Walk away is my favorite. Uh, co-written by Chrissy Hines of the Pretenders. Yeah, I'm gonna walk away from that episode. Ugh. All right, yeah, well, okay. Um, yeah, this is a kick-ass song. I wish they would release that that live video. A live, like, pl live, live plus four or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, whatever, yeah. man. They need to release that full concert where they, you know, they, they edited heavily, but at least they did add something moved. Something moved made the cut, I guess, because it's something I didn't know until uh, now. You said it; it was a single. I had no idea. Yes, it was. Uh, I love this song. It's got a good um, pace. 
And I think Todd Howard sings amazing on the song. See, this is, you know, Todd Howard has like a great voice that sometimes he goes overboard. But yeah, he doesn't really on this album. I think it's more on the next one. But we are going to review the next one as well. So let's just keep rolling because we've got a lot of songs to talk about. That's but true. So far, every song on here is perfect in my opinion. Next is, what's the next one? We got your rock. All right. Now, now the, right you wanna here. You want to <laughs> talk about cheese, boy. This one is pure cheese, but I love it again. It hasn't expired, okay? This is one of the many demos I've gotten through the years because now I have like 100 Ace Frilly demos. And this was one, I think, the first one out of everything we heard so far that made it on the album. Uh, there's a couple more, but uh, we got your rock. Um, it's awesome. It's total New York. Like, yo, yo, I got your rock right here. You know, it's that 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 Italian lingo type thing. You know, you got, you want that? Yeah, I got that right here. Uh, we got you rock rules. It rocks. It's total ace. It was not on the set list uh, when I saw this tour. I saw him headline, and he played a lot off the ground. But this one and two other ones didn't make. No, three other ones didn't make the set list, which is unfortunate because I think we got your rock rocked. It's awesome cheese, but I love I love cheese, man. This is uh, like good mozzarella. I got your cheese right here. What do you think? Yeah, I love how you say you love cheese, but but you bitch about cock rock. Because well, this is total cheese. Yeah, this is total cock rock. I will say this about this. I ain't got a lot to say. It's all right. It's not great, and uh, it, it's fucking filler, dude. That's what it is. That's it's why it wasn't played fucking it's live. Rock. It's hard rock, man. It's just a yeah. rock and tune. Yeah. It's about yeah. It's got your little cock rock theme, like. I see you in the back stage pass, and, you know. Yeah, it's totally about fucking hoes, but I mean, whatever, man. It's ace. Hey, dude. hey, 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 Ralph! I got your rock right here. Okay? All right, you got, you got, you got your review right there. <laughs> All right, that's enough about that fucking one. Let's get into some more fucking filler, uh, which is the next song, uh, "Love Me Right." Okay, now, you know, we often talk on this show about filler. You know, some songs are filler, some songs are killer filler. This song is filler filler. Uh, this is, is, is fucking horrible. This is total, like, oh, uh, we need something else to, to fill up this fucking album. And that's why it's filler. This, this is like filler diller. This is fucking horrible. I, I, I really... I think, oh, 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 I'm torn. Is this the worst song or the second worst song? It's one or the other. I don't know. But I got your filler right fucking here. This fucking song. What do you think about Love Me Right? I love it. It's a great song. Oh, I love the, the, I love that riff. The, the riff that, that, uh, that revolves around this song, the way it starts. It's just a killer fucking riff. Lyrics are, you know, okay, it could be better, but, you know, I mean, I'm not complaining. Uh, I think it's a good, solid, rocking song. And I could be wrong, but I believe this was on the set list. Um, then we go into Calling on You, right? Is that, that the next Yep. One? Calling to You, yes. Calling to You was, uh, 
you did your research so you can name the band. It was yeah. a song from Todd Howard's previous band called Loud and Clear. Was that the name of the band? Uh, 707. Oh, 707. I don't know why I thought Loud and Clear. But uh, it's a good commercial song. Um, it was a song that I didn't warm up to at first when I first got... I was, you know, hearing this song back in the day for, for years. I was like, I want an album where Ace sings everything, goddammit. But uh, I warmed up to this song. It's a good commercial song. Uh, it, it has, like, you know, 80s hit written all over it. Like, uh, you know, The Outfield, Mr. Mister. It's in that realm, but in my opinion, even better than those songs. Structured better. It's a nice song. I can understand why he brought that from 707, because... I think that was probably the one they were banking on back in the day in 707 to be the hit to put them on the map and it didn't work out so he tried it again and it didn't work out again because I don't even think they released it as a single did they? No, uh, well Fraley's Comet, well this album was actually built as Ace Fraley the album was called Fraley's Comet they did not release it as a single but uh, this was a reworking of a song by 707 and it was the theme to a 1982 movie called Megaforce, which I fucking yes. love. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Yes. And it's ironic. It's uh, totally ironic how th they ended up signing with Megaforce. R right, Megaforce, the label. But I'll, I'll never forget going to see this movie. It was it was directed by Hal Neiman, who did like fucking, you know, Cannonball Run and Smokey and the Bandit. It was a total action flick. They sold. They actually sold toys to this movie, and I fucking loved it. I'll never forget. My dad took me to see this, and he thought it was so horrible. He left me at like six years old or eight years old, whenever this fucking shit came out. He's like, I gotta go have a cigarette. <laughs> he left me alone in the theaters. Like this shit's terrible, but I loved the movie. I still do. Pure cheese, but this was the thing. And it actually had a co-write by Jonathan Cain of uh, Journey fame, who I hate. Uh, oh, not yeah. not Journey, but Jonathan Cain. I can't stand uh, Jonathan Cain. Yeah, yeah, he's a cunt. His name should be Jonathan Cunt. But anyway, uh, yeah, they rewrote the lyrics, uh, erased Jonathan Cain's credit, added an ace as a co-writer. Good. And it, beca it became this. And I do, I like this song, and I thought you hit on a lot of important things. It's a good, catchy, kind of cock rock song. I love the chorus on this. It's only rock and roll, whoa. You, you know, it's, it's got an anthemic chorus to it. It is uh, dated, that, though, to me. It's very dated, but yes. I still love it. I, have a, it, it. I hated it at first, then I warmed up to it, and I still warm up to it. Right. But when I listen to it, it's very nostalgic sounding. Oh, yes, it is very nostalgic. But... It was the biggest hit for 707, and when it came ah. out, when it came out as Megaforce, the original song, it made it to number 12 on the rock charts. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their their biggest hit, and uh, yeah, it's not the greatest song in the world, but I do have a soft spot for it. And by that, it doesn't get me hard. It leaves me a little limp, but I still enjoy it. All right. So then we go into a true fucking shit called Dows. Oh my god. This is just fucking horrible. This is, I can't believe this is on the fucking album. Uh, Ace's daughter sings on it. 
You know, and, and it, it just reminds me of an old George Carlin skit where he's like, you know what? Everybody loves their children. Doesn't make you special. Don't put your kids on the fucking album. It's a horrible song. To me, it's the worst song that Ace Frehley ever attached his name to until Anomaly. And to me, it's a total fanboy song. And by a fanboy song, I mean, like, in my opinion, if you say you like this shit, you are just an Ace Frehley fanboy. Because I really don't think there's any redeeming quality to this song. And there are certain songs that I will truly admit, like there's a lot on Unmasked. If it wasn't a Kiss song, I admit it. I probably wouldn't like it as much. You know, here's a true test. If there's a song you're kind of borderline, think if it was by an artist that you don't like. Say Dow's was on a Bret Michaels solo album, but it was the same song. Would it still be as good? It would, it would be the best uh, best song on the Bret Michaels solo album. Oh, my, oh, fanboy alert. Jesus fucking Christ. This is a terrible song. And, and like, really, like, I remember even when, when, when this came out and, like, the height of my Kiss fandom, like, they could do nothing wrong, I would fast forward through this shit because I had it on cassette. I would fast forward to this shit because I was embarrassed for fucking Ace Frehley. This is fucking terrible. This is, this is, oh my God. This shit almost made Bruce Jenner dress like a man. Again, this is terrible, terrible song. But uh, apparently Ralph has a different perspective on this. So uh, let's hear his, his opinion. Well, I am a proud Ace Frehley fanboy, that's for sure. I mean, there ain't going nowhere around this, but unlike other fanboys, I admit when a clunker's a clunker, and this is by far the worst thing Ace Frehley's ever done. I totally agree with you. It's fucking horrible. Oh, it's thank you. It's cringeworthy. It's fuck. I'm surprised you don't like it. It's that bad. <laughs> it I, is that bad. I like that. And uh, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's terrible. It's just terrible. And that... And yes, I have seen fanboys online praise this song like it's fucking great. And I'm like, are you serious? I mean, Jesus Christ. It's kind of like, I don't know, man. Um, like I said, I love Ace. But hey, remember our Unmasked episode? I didn't like those Ace Freely songs. I like Talk To Me somewhat, but I didn't like Two Sides of the Coin. Or <laughs> And if you guys watch my Anomaly uh, review on on YouTube. I'm not that favorable of that album too. So I'm not your typical fanboy. It's just gonna like anything Ace puts out. The Dolls is terrible, terrible fucking song. Uh, it, it reminds me when we did the uh, the Space Invader episode. One of the funniest reviews on the Podbean page was a, a guy really busted my balls for hating on toys. Yeah, toys rules. Oh, I hate that song. But he's like, uh, remember we played some unreleased A stuff and I played The Girl Can't Dance. Yeah. Which is very un-Ace. And he's like, you hate on toys, but you played The Girl Can't Dance. He's like, what are you, some kind of fucking cross-dresser? The Girl Can't Dance, I think, is Stairway to Heaven compared to this song, man. This shit. I Actually, I'm very happy that you don't like this because I was scared that you liked this song, Ralph. You renewed my faith in you. Is it, isn't it true that when you read that review, you got real mad and when you jumped out of your chair, 
You fucking ripped a hole in your stocking. Yeah, that did happen. Cross dresser. <laughs> now we go into this really killer, and I'm sure I'm sure there's no way. Uh, this there, I, I I predict Ian, you'll lie if you say that you like this next one. Okay. Because this next one encompasses everything that Ian hates: hard rock, killer, kick-ass song, heavy as fuck, amazing guitar solo. Here's one song that was in the demos that I have. Who knows? Maybe this whole album was demoed. Uh, I'm sure one of the Ace Frehley doll-loving uh, fanboys would know more than I. Because if you like dolls, then you obviously know everything about Ace. Um, this song fucking rules. This is the song. I think it has the best guitar solo on the whole album. It's heavy as fuck. It's just pure hard rock, heavy riffs. It's like everything that I love about Ace Frehley. It has the spacey guitars. This this song would fit perfectly on uh, Space Invader. It has that that vibe. You know, Space Invader is a very guitar-oriented album. This song would fit perfect on it. Stranger in a Strange Land fucking rocks. Probably my third favorite track off the album. Uh, my favorite being Breakout and... Uh, and uh, the, uh, the rock soldiers. All right. So, um, what do you think of uh, Stranger in a Strange Land? All right. Well, I didn't hear half your diatribe because I had to take a hot steam and piss. But what I will say is, this is my second favorite song on the album. You're lying. No, I'm not lying. I fucking love this song. I love the groove. I love the fact that it's all fucking Ace Frehley. At, at least on credits go, he wrote. You know, the, the, the lyrics, the music, he sang it. I love this fucking song. If, if Jesus Christ, if four more songs on this album were as good as this, it would have been fucking phenomenal. I, I forgot to mention my favorite line. What's that? In the song. You know what it is? When he goes, move over, dick. Yeah. <laughs> that shit, that I, shit rules. I, don't, I was laughing when I was listening to it today. And I was like, I wonder who he's calling a dick. Is, is it like Todd? Is it is is it John Regan? <laughs> you know, you know, like who's who's he yelling at? No, his I, wife. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jeanette. I think it was at this time. Uh, no, I love this fucking song, man. Uh, there you go. I'm yeah, surprised. Yeah, no, dude, I love the heaviness of it. It's not oversaturated with keyboards. It's just fucking straight up fucking rock. Uh, I love this fucking song. Stranger Strangely. <laughs> he needs to write about 20 more songs that are this fucking good because I absolutely love it. So, then we go into the last track, which is Fractured 2 with two O's. Uh, I don't know, man. This, this is nothing special to me. Uh... You know, I would have liked a little bit more flash. You know, a little bit more sound like Ace Frehley. As much I do love Fractured Mirror, but it, it is kind of repetitive, and I would have loved like a more like craziness to it. If you want to hear the ultimate fucking version of Fractured Mirror, you need to hear Dimebag Daryl's version of Fractured Mirror. That's how Fractured Mirror should have sounded, and. Uh, Man, this is just like a, a lame-ass sequel where, like, 
you finally now are putting out a fucking solo album and this is your your fucking instrumental this is you showing your uh your guitar prowess if you will very disappointed very disappointed does nothing for me and leaves the album on a very limp fucking wrist very sad alright Ralph what do you think of Fractured 2 I I dug it Um, it's not as good as Fractured Mirror but you know um, it still has that tradition uh great instrumental i like i like ace freely instrumentals on his albums i really do and uh with the exception of that one which i admit um what is it um starship from the last album a spaceship whatever it's called yeah um that one was like my least favorite of all of them even though it does have like when a solo kicks in i like it but this one's good it's uh you know it's decent it's not like you know earth shattering or really really memorable I mean, there's times where I listen to this album and after Stranger Strings, I'm done. But it yeah, mean yeah, because it's lame. It's a lame instrumental. Well, I mean, that's you. I mean, you're you, and I'm me. Okay. And uh, but we we hate dolls and love Stranger Strings. Land. Wow. There you go. We, we we met on the same page on a review. That's a rare one. There you go. But uh, let's go on to the next one, which is the EP. Well, 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 well hold on. I got. All right, go ahead. I got give you a little info. A little bit of closing. Uh, this album was released July 7th, 1987, produced by Eddie Kramer, who did uh, Ace of Solo album and Rock and Roll Over and Love Gun. Uh, it was also executive produced by Johnny Z. I, I don't know how much he really had to do with it. Johnny Z did not want to sign Ace. He did not like Kiss. But at the time, Eddie Trunk was working for the label and really, really pushed this. Because he was a huge fucking kiss nut swinger. And that's what got him signed on the label. It made it to number 43 on the Billboard 100. Uh, which was his highest charting until uh, Space Invader. And, you know, a lot of people might be like, well, why did it take so long, you know, for this album to come out? You know, he left Kiss fucking years ago. Well, here's my theory on that. Um... Ace is very fucking lazy. I love Ace, but he's very lazy. And I think he didn't do it because he didn't have to. Because here's the thing. When he left Kiss, he still got one quarter of everything they did until 1985. And 1984, 1985 is when he actually started Freddy's Comet. So he got one quarter of everything on Creatures... Everything on Lick It Up, we're talking album sales and tour. And Animalize as well, which were successful for the band. Those were platinum albums, Sands, uh, Creatures of the Night. So he was getting paid to fucking do nothing. So I think he was probably just sitting around getting drunk and taking a break and doing nothing. But then it ain't- I think he was, he, no, 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 no. Ace really was doing a lot of demos and played a lot of club shows before that first album. Yes, but th- this album came out in 87. He really didn't start doing Freddy's Comet shows till around 85, which is when that stopped. Yeah. So I, right. I think he was just sitting at home collecting a check saying, fuck it. And uh, I mean, that's that's the, my biggest bitch with Ace is like 
so many years pass between projects. It's like I want a new Ace album every fucking year. And if you if you look at the timeline between the first Fraley's Comet album, man, that came out in '87. He put out two albums in '88. Trouble Walking came out in '89. It was like, yeah, there's all of a sudden there was all this Ace, but it wasn't until that Kiss Money stopped coming in <laughs> that he got off his ass and did something. Uh, I dig the album. I don't think it's incredible, but I dig it. I just love hearing that guitar sound again that I love so much. Uh, so it's not the best album, but but I still dig it. It's nowhere near the 78 Soul album. But uh, there we go. We're done with that. And then we're going to talk about uh, the next album that came out very shortly after. And that is Live Plus One. Ralph, you want to talk, you want to talk about this or you want me to take Well, I think since we have another album to talk about, we shouldn't really dwell on the live tracks. It's just okay. Ace really does, what, Cold Gin, Rip It Out, uh, Something Moved, and what else? The Rocket Ride, I think? Yeah, it was uh, rip, yeah, it's an EP. Rip It Out, Break Out, Something Moved, and Rocket Ride. With an incredible drum solo from Anton Fig, I want to add that. Yes, I but for an EP, man, a drum solo, it's kind of I don't know. Even though it's the amazing Anton Fig, I think drum solos only a, always should be on double albums, you know. But whatever. I mean, you could have fit another song on there. But then there's the one studio track, which was also one of the demos that I have called "Words Are Not Enough." Uh, total 80s, total uh, of the moment, dated, but I fucking love this song. This song should have had a video. This song should have been, I don't know, it probably was a, a single, but it didn't do much. This song is just, it's just killer. Killer vocals from Ace. I love, the, it has that Miami Vice feel to it. Um, total of the time, but... You know, there's and it's rare. I guess this is where the Ace Frehley fanboy comes in, because if anybody else was to release a song like this, I wouldn't. I pro well, maybe I don't know. I just love this song. I think the song rocked. It's killer, and it didn't go anywhere. But uh, it's a great fucking song. What'd you think of uh, you know the, the that song? Well, first of all, I want to mention that this EP was recorded at the greatest club in the entire world that is the Aragon Ballroom in Chicago Illinois uh, the greatest fucking club uh, the live tracks are decent man and a lot of the stuff to hear it live sounds so much better than the album especially like something like something moved sounds so much more powerful without the keyboards and the production It's it's got way more fucking balls the drum solo on Breakout is awesome proud the heaviest I've ever heard Anton Fig sound because it's way heavier than anything he played on, you know, the Freddy's Comet album or Dynasty or Unmasked. Uh, as far as words are, uh, are enough, yeah, I agree, dude. An amazing song that is killed by the keyboards. I remember liking it a lot more. I listened to it today. It, and I still enjoy the song. It's got great structure, got a great flow, but the keyboards really, without that, it could have been timeless. But with the keyboards, very much dates it. Uh, this was released on February 2nd, 1988. And then it had the 
had the little ad. I still have my original. I'm holding up here my original CD. Uh, it had where you could join in to become a rock soldier, and that is where I set my five dollars and totally got fucked. Go back and listen to the Gordon fucking Gilbert great yeah. fucking episode, and you will hear all about my five dollars, which Gordon did refund, and he sent he sent us both a free book, and mine yes. and mine came with a crisp five dollar bill, so he rewarded my money. Uh but anyway, uh, nice, but a little unnecessary. I would have loved a full live album. Because well, let me let me let me add in that uh, some more tracks from this uh, EP, the live, did show up on. Uh, I believe it was either Twelve Picks or there was another compilation John Reagan put out. Yeah, yeah, uh, Ace of the Deck or some shit like that. Or... Yeah, I mean there was a couple things that uh, John Reagan uh, released through Megaforce. I believe one of the songs, Stranger in the Strangeland, Rock Soldiers, and a couple other tracks. I think uh, Calling on You or Love Me Right, one of those songs are uh, from the that show are on those albums. John Regan was, uh, this is what I heard, but John Regan's on my Facebook. Guy's awesome. Wish me a happy birthday. Oh, yeah, me too. He doesn't have a bad thing to say about Ace, but because he's a fucking straight-up gentleman. He's not like your fucking... Bob Daisley type guy because John Regan is owed a lot of money from Ace. There's a lot of money that uh, he, you know, because Ace went bankrupt and John Regan lost a lot. So that's that's a, a lot to do with those Megaforce releases like Twelve Pigs and that other one that features some live tracks and you know a compilation of some of the studio stuff and an unreleased song here and there for you know John Regan to make some kind of you know money back because i don't think ace really got a penny on any of that john reagan's an awesome guy i just wanted to add in that uh you know john uh those th that are uh, aragon ballroom that's the name of it yes aragon ballroom, aragon show, ballroom did did actually surface on other releases under the ace freely freely's okay okay uh you want to give any back thing on the ep and then go into second sighting well, I, I would like to say that I am friends with John Regan online. He is an incredible guy, real nice. I've talked to him, and uh, I would love to get him on the show and to talk about yeah. that era. And also, he's played with Peter Frampton. He's played with David Lee Roth. He's played with a lot of people. And and the Rolling Stones. No, not the Rolling Stones. He played bass on the song that had Mick Jagger yes. and David Bowie doing... Dancing in the street. Well, no, he. Uh, no, wait. He was also in Mick Jagger's solo band, well, wasn't he? No, he also played on some songs on Dirty Work that came out okay. on Dirty Work. All so, right. I would love to get him on the show and just talk about, you know, not only Ace but his whole history in music. And I'm going to look into that because he is a real stand-up guy. Yeah, he seems like such a great guy. So I, I tell you what, I'm going to tag when this episode comes out. I'm going to tag it to his Facebook page, and I hope he comes on. Because he, he is a cool dude. But there you go. That's Live Plus One. And we're going to go into the final album that was credited to Fralia's Comet. And the last album to feature Todd Haworth. Haworth? Or what? I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it. But uh, this one has a, a lineup change. Because Anton Fig is not on this. But Jamie Oldraker 
who played with yes. Eric. He played with Eric Clapton, and he played with uh, Bob Seger for a while. And uh, I gotta admit, I, I I dig his drumming. I think he stuck out like a sore thumb because he had a mullet in 1988. Yeah, have you ever heard him talk? No. So, total southern draw. Okay, he looks like an Oki from Muskogee. When I when I yeah, see yeah. that when I see that fucking mullet and those he had the if you look at the lighter notes, he's got like the Macho Man sunglasses on. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and then he's got he's got a mullet from fucking hell. I have a, I have a feeling somebody forced him to wear those glasses. Oh man. <laughs> oh. Uh, before we get into the album, I, I want to bring up one little interesting fact on this album. The inner sleeve has a picture of a foot like this and a foot like that. Yes. Those those feet are actually Eddie Trunk because Eddie Trunk can actually twist his foot around and put his foot next to his other foot, both in different directions, yep. which I can do as well. I can do that as well. I'm double jointed. Look like I, was, I mean, you can't see it, but yeah, 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 you can yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Do it for me. Do it for me. Let me see it. Oh no! I... All right, hold on. All right. Tell me if you can see this. All right, all right. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. All right, hold on. I'll edit this part out. All right. Wait, wait. Ah, 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 Okay, okay. That's enough. That's enough. Uh, and also, I'll show you a couple other things I can do because of uh, <laughs> because of my double joint. Look, check this out. Can you make your toes like that? Like separate them like that? Kinda. Nah, look at my pinky toe. Oh, look at mine. Well, see, I've got, like, foot fingers. Well, you, you're, you're almost there, but I, I'm way out there. Oh. All right, here's another thing. Look. All right. Oh! Oh, that's creepy. Oh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. All right, all right. Don't do that. All right, how about this? Oh, come on. No, no, my old lady can do that. That's gross. <laughs> that's gross. I'm double-jointed, yo. Oh. Anyway, so, um... Yeah, that's Eddie Trunk's feet on the album. And uh, that little lemon spinning around. I mean, it's an acorn spinning around. This was, uh, back then, computer graphics that Ace did. Because Ace was really into computer. Looking at it now, it's like the most cheapest thing you can ever see. But Well, yeah, you know, it, was done on, it was done on a Commodore 64. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Ace Frehley was, I don't know if this is on YouTube. I do have this. Uh, Ace Frehley was on the Headbangers Ball. To promote this album, and he brought out Eddie Trunk, and Eddie Trunk did the foot thing yes. on the Headbangers Ball, and that's where they had the full lineup was there. And yes. uh, Jamie Aldegro was like, "Yeah, this next song is from White Snake." <laughs> it was like, and uh, yeah, it was cool. It, it's a cool little uh, thing. If it's on YouTube, if it's not, then I'll upload it because I got it. Um, and uh, they were supposed to open for Iron Maiden on the Seven Son of Seven Sun tour. Here in Hollywood, Florida, and uh, the the story was Ace Frehley had bronchitis and they had to cancel. But uh, then I've heard stories about I think it was Gordon Gerber that said it that at that time it was because of his drug problem or something I don't know or alcohol problem. But um, that's my little because I was there at the time I, I can tell you. Uh, I do own the single for Insane. Um, I think the flip side's Acorn Spinning. But I'm not going to go into the album. I'm going to let Ian take over this. And uh, take All right. 
All right, track one, the first single off the album, Insane. One of the best A songs of all fucking time. Of all fucking time. I cannot believe this song wasn't a fucking hit. In fucking incredible. I think uh, it's the best song he's done uh, till uh, Space Invader, the title track. I think those are the two best thing Ace Fraley's ever sang in the entire history, if you will. Including all the shit he did with the kids. I think Insane and Space Invader are the best songs that Ace Fraley has ever fucking done. The video is fucking great. A whole bunch of money and titties and fucking... Did I mention titties? Because I love some fucking titties. Uh, I love this fucking song. Absolute ace at his fucking best. The solo, the song structure, his vocals. One of the greatest, if not the greatest, Ace Frehley song ever. Barry's fucking New York groove. Insane. I love this fucking song. What do you think, Ralph? Better than New York groove? Yeah, I agree. It's a fucking great song. Best song on the album. Um, first video I saw, I was like, whoa, all right, Ace, man, you know, you're fucking still kicking ass on the next album, you know, that is till I went and bought it, but, you know, we'll get into that when we get into the other songs, fuck yeah, I love this song, I love the video, yes, those big ass titties, and Ace, like, looking down on some titties, and, you know, I got money, I got fame. I got everything to play in this game. game. So fucking killer. Great, great track. Uh, like I said, best track on the album. But what's the next one? Time is running out? Is that the yes. Next one? Yes. All right. This is actually the Todd Howard solo album, a lot of people say. Because he dominates this album. Because at the time, Ace really didn't give a fuck. Uh, didn't put a lot into this album. I guess he, put, he blew his load on fucking insane. Uh, time is running out. Is it's just way too commercial, way too AR. It does not belong on an Ace Frehley album. Um, I'm sorry, but I don't like it. I'm not into this song. And, and oh, Ian, before you review it, I just want to say fuck you because I know what you're gonna say. Okay. I know. You, I know you like this garbage. But. All right. Well, fuck you too. I love this garbage. Wow. How shocking. I I love this song. Now, what I might agree with you on is maybe this doesn't belong on an Ace Frehley solo album. But maybe if, you think if this was on a Todd Har Howard whatever though I cannot say this fucker's name Howard Howard. Yeah, I, I I still can't say it. Who's also who's also on my Facebook and nice guy. Uh, I'd love to get him on. I'd love to get. Cause... Yeah, you know. By the way, uh, I'm sure you probably know this, but they have a they have a band. Yeah, uh, uh, has a band. John Reagan, five on five, four, or four on four. Uh, four by fate. Four by fate. Yeah, four by fate, and uh, unfortunately, uh, AJ Perro was their drummer. Yeah, well, he, he took over. He took over for. The, I I think there was somebody else that AJ joined, and then he died, so they have somebody else. Yeah. So I'm very curious. I don't think they have anything out yet. I'll have to go look into that. But I'm very curious to see see how that pans out because uh, they're both great musicians, yeah. man. So you know, I, I wish them the best. And I, we got to get them on the show. I will check it out because I love this fucking song. And when he comes on here, I will polish his knob and tell him how much I love 
time ain't running out. Uh, I dig it, dude, man. It's total fucking cock rock. It's all Todd. He wrote the music. He wrote the lyrics. But I love this fucking song. I actually, uh, spoiler alert, I like Second Sighting more than Fraley's Comet. And I... Oh, damn, I forgot to say fuck you to that, too. Yeah, and I know I'm one of one people who, who says that. But, uh... I, I love I love it, dude. I love this fucking album, and I love that fucking song. I wanna I wanna also put a little plug in for Podkist because I remember the, hearing them review this album, and I I don't know if it was Ken Mills or somebody said, man, this album they worshipped this album. They wore it on. That's all they would listen to that year when they were in school, and they were just glowing over Second Sighting. Like it was like. The, you know the, the the back and black of their high school days. You know. Anyway, so I mean, shows you how old I am. Back and black was around in my high school. No, actually, I was in junior high. But still, I'm old as fuck. Go ahead. All right. Well, I love that song so much. Why don't you take the next song, which is "Dancing with Danger"? I. Fucking love this song, almost my favorite. Insane, I like. Uh, I like Insane a little bit more, a little bit more than Dancing with Danger. But Dancing with Danger rules in the same vein as uh, Words Are Not Enough, but way heavier. It has that Miami Vice types keyboards going on, which I really don't have a problem with. Usually I do, but I think it really does complement this song a lot. Uh, Dana Strum co-wrote this song, which is weird. Yes. It's like, wow, how did Dana Strum get involved with Ace? Uh, I think it's a great song. It's like, wow, Dana, you should have took this to Slaughter. You may have had a good song for a change. But I got to tell you, man, this song, everything about it, I love, I love Ace's vocals on it. I love that little keyboard intro, uh, little keyboard solo that goes, with the fucking Miami Vice type drums going on. Total 80s, but it's totally kick-ass. It's definitely a standout track on the album. Dancing with Danger fucking rules. Along with Insane, to me it's the highlight. There's another song on here that I really like a lot. We'll get to it too. But uh, it's definitely a highlight on on the album. Dancing with Danger, what do you think? Uh, wow. Wow. Uh, I can't believe for once you're fucking right because I love this song. Uh, this was actually a cover song by a band called Streetheart from Canada. Not to be oh, was Dan- Dana Strumble's in that? No, band? no, 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 no. Not to be confused with Steelheart. This is Streetheart from Canada, and there, there's if you look at all the writing credits, it's that band plus Spencer Proffer. Who produced? Uh, he might have produced. Quiet Riot, Riot. Yeah, Quiet Riot, Wasp, a lot of a lot of the shit from back in the day. Uh, Dana Strum and Ace Frehley. It's a cover song, and I fucking love it. Uh, I, I agree with what you said. I love Ace's voice on this. I think it's a really good structured song. I really fucking dig it. Really fucking dig it. And uh, I'm surprised. I really thought you were going to hate this song. And I, I'm. Oh, no. I love yeah. it. It rocks hard. It's a good rocking 
song very well structured, great vocals, great yeah. music. That riff, that dan 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 dan. Yeah, and it's awesome. It, it suits Ace perfectly. It really does. And another example of uh, you know when Ace does some other people's material, uh, man, he really shines, and he shines on this fucking song. So then we go into the next track. Which, oh my god, do I fucking love. And that it's over now. The second single off the album. And this is another all Todd song. Uh, love it. Love it. It's a, To me, it's a great 80s ballad. Uh, I love the piano on this song. I find it very haunting. Uh, I, I, I love it. it. It sounds... Very similar to Heading for a Heartbreak by Winger, which I think is one of the greatest ballads of all fucking time. Uh, but I love this song, and I love the outro. That is my favorite part of this song, is the outro. Uh, Ace's little solo. It kind of just... It, it, it's almost separate from the whole song, but it's like him doing a little like weirdness at the end. Even if you don't like the song, listen to it the whole way through, and listen to Ace's little tidbit at the end I, I think is incredible I absolutely love this song I'm really surprised especially in the era that this came out in that it wasn't a bigger hit because there were so many ballads that were huge hits that I don't think were half the song this was and it does sound very eerily you know comparison to uh, Ted for Heartbreak which was huge and and this one wasn't, you know, it might have been because you know Megaforce didn't have the money uh, to push it as much as uh, I, I think Winger were on Atlantic. Um, but I actually love this song, Ralph. What do you think? Well, you also have to remember Winger had hits before Heading for Heartbreak, so they already had that springboard to make it. Well, well, if they, well, they, they 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 had they had seventeen and and Magdalene. Which were, they were decent hits, you know, and they were more up tempo. Seventeen was huge. Yeah, I mean they were more up tempo numbers, but man, when fucking heading for a heartbreak came out, that's when Winger fucking, you know, that's when they fucking, you know, went to the next level. But I think this song is just as good. I really do. Well, I agree. It is just as good as heading for heartbreak. <laughs> I think heading for heartbreak fucking sucks, <laughs> you know, and I hate this song, this song fucking, dude, I remember when they gave, they put this video up on Headbanger's Ball, which, another mistake, this song on a heavy metal channel, it was like, dude, seriously, you had to fucking pick this song, not Dancing with Danger, as the next, because Dancing with Danger would have done a world of good. I don't, I, I don't career. think so, I don't think so, I don't think so. I think it would, as far as, like, cred. No. No, you know, this song, I, I, this barrier. I, I love that song. I love that song. But I think as a single, I think it would have died just as bad as this one did. Uh, this one died pretty bad. And let me tell you, I mean, they made a video for it, and I was like, really? You? you I, I was just watching this because okay, one thing I forgot to mention was when I actually sat down and listened to this album. I was like in shock how horrible it was, and because uh, I only liked three songs off it. Some songs had potential, but uh, they, they just died because of certain parts of the song. 
But uh, you know that when they when I saw they made a video for this song, I mean, I to tell you the truth, I didn't know this song that well when I saw the video. Even though I heard the album two three times, it was like I can do without all these Todd Howard songs. Unlike Fraley's comment, I love something move. I love calling on you breakout. I love his voice on those songs. This one, it's like. Oh, look, Todd Howarth has a girl. All right. Well, oh, well you remember that. When we have Todd Howarth on the show. I will say. Okay. I will say, All hey, right. look, man, I ain't going to back down. Right. Send Todd Howarth this uh, this episode. Like I said, I love Todd Howarth on Fraley's Common Album. This is like, and, and the video concept, really. Oh, look, they're having a, 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 a lover's tiff. It was a sad, oh, look, he, it was a Tour. It was so sad. You're sad for liking this. That's true. That's true. Did you cry when you saw this video, dude? No, I was a little misty-eyed, but I didn't cry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Did you get all happy at the end when they made up? Yes. Yeah, yeah. A a, a rock video with a lovers' quarrel, and uh, you know. And, you know, Ace Frehley pops up sitting on a couch during an interview. But they're really interviewing Todd Howard. Ace Frehley's just there smiling. He's the star, he's the star of the song. I don't know what's worse, the video or the boots that Ace Frehley's wearing. Either way, it's just fucking a horrible song. But it's what I hate about this album. Now, I understand this is totally Megaforce, like, rolling the dice saying this song has a potential to be huge. But it also has the potential to bury Ace Freely. Well, so let's roll the dice. I, I, I'll tell you this. I think the reason that this wasn't as big as Head for the Heartbreak, Head for Heartbreak, is because nobody in this band looks like Kip Winger. I think that's the only difference. You're right, because you know, Head for Heartbreak was a hit. And yeah. it's it's a terrible song. I think oh, it's a terrible. Really? Terrible. You really think Head for Heartbreak's terrible? Terrible. Really? Horrible. Really? I just, I hate all that shit, dude. I hate 80s pop crap. I hate all that crap, man. To me, the 80s pop uh, was really great up to like 83. Man. Then everything after that. Like, I like, I like, you know, uh, uh, turning Japanese, walking in your sleep. Uh, yeah, you know, but, some, but I, they, had, I'm saying- they had some kind of fucking, they had some kind of emotional attachment to me where heading for a heartbreak is total. Schlock. I don't know. To, to, I, I like heading for heartbreak better than fucking home sweet home. I don't. Know. I think it's the greatest. 80s. Wow. Yeah. Well, there I there. See, that's as far as I go. Okay. I think home sweet home is a great. Oh, I, I love home. Sweet, I love home sweet home. I think it head of, and especially what I love about heading for a heartbreak is like after the song ends, there's like huge instrumental interlude that ends the song, and. I think it's amazing. But we're not talking about Winger. We're talking about Fraley's comments. So. Oh, man. You got to get, like, a white shirt and write Winger. Oh, dude, no. Winger sells a shirt now. If you go to their shows, they have a black shirt that has Winger written on it, just like Stuart's shirt. Now, that is the coolest thing Winger Oh, ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. They, they totally said... They, they flipped it. They said, you know what? Fuck you. We're going to brace it. Yeah, and if you go to a Winger show now, and they had it at the show, and I almost bought it, but instead I bought a Winger trucker hat. <laughs> and, oh, and the funny thing is I don't wear fucking hats, but I, I had to buy it. But no, they do sell Winger shirts. 
that have winger written on it just like Stewart. I love that. You have no shit. I, I, I don't. I have none. 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 <laughs> anyway, uh, I will say this. Uh, those musicians in winger are great. I believe that drummer was in Dixie Yes, Rod Morgenstein. Incredible. No, they're all great. Uh, Red Beach is oh, fucking Red badass. Red Beach is amazing. That, that Dokken album. Yeah. I love that Dokken album he did. I'm not slamming the musicianship of... Look, I'll even tell you this. With the exception of Warren and Cinderella, all those hair rock bands had amazing guitar players. Look, that guy from Enough's Enough, Der- Derek... I forgot uh, what his name was. Taylor not, or something? I forgot. That guy. He, uh, no, Derek he Fargo. Called, Fargo, yeah. Fargo, yeah. He had a band called Le Mans. That, uh, uh, I, it's a really good... That guy's a shredder. Nuno he Betancourt. was. Yeah, he was. Nuno Betancourt. Oh, I hate shredder. that cocksucker. Oh. Yeah, but he's a shredder. Oh, yeah. The guy's a good guitar player. Yeah, he... Um, uh, was his name Andy Timmons? Oh, from... Danger, uh, yeah. Danger, danger. Shredder. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, hate. I hate Danger, danger. But he is a good. Oh, me too. I, I don't like any of these bands I'm mentioning. I really don't. Except the two that didn't have. I mean, well, no. I hate Warren, but I love Uncle Tom's Cabin. I love the first Cinderella album, but those guys aren't shredders. But uh, my point being is that uh, there's a lot of talent in hair bands as far as musicianship. There. I, I admit that. It's just the songs really do nothing for me. And they were, at the time, catered for females and uh, thing, uh, guys that were like females. And that's where you come in. What's the next song? Uh, speaking of coming in, your mother, uh, the next song is Loser in a Fight. Oh, boy. You take this one. I'll, I'll have some. All right. Say. Loser in a Fight is a song... Where uh, lyrics are shared by Ace, uh, I, mean, I should say lyrics, but vocals are shared by both Ace and Todd. Uh, I like it. It's not great, but it's good. I, I don't mind this song at all. I, I, I think it's solid. It's way better than fucking Dolls. I think it's better than, uh, what's another horrible song? A Lummy Right. I think it's better than that. I think it's better than We Got Your Rock. Not not a fantastic, so better than those, and that's one of the reasons I like this album more. What do you think of Loser in a Fight, bro? Well, here's where my fanboy comes in, because this is a song that had so much potential to be a good song. So Todd Howard, and yeah, when he comes on the show, I will say it, ruins it with that vocals he does during the chorus. And also, I just don't feel like his vocals compliment Ace's vocals, so therefore both of them shouldn't be sharing a song. I think the song is structured well. It's rocking, it's hard rock, and it's you know, a little dirty, but then like, you know, then, you know, where this guy comes in during the bridge and the with, and his voice, man, this is where he passes my, you know, where I like Todd Howard to stay. He went a little overboard to the you know, Mark Slaughter realm, where he gets a little too annoying. And uh, I just feel like this song would have been much better without Todd Howard, because Todd Howard's vocals should not go along with Aces, because they're both two totally different type of vocals that just, it sounds like, you know, a head-on collision. 
I don't like it. So, what's the next one? All right. Well, the next song is Juvenile Delinquent. All yeah, right. Tell me what you think. Uh, Juvenile Delinquent. Uh, filler. This, this, this song is filler, but enjoyable. I, I, I don't hate the song, but, uh, you know, it, if I put on second side and I don't like, oh, shit, I got to hear Juvenile Delinquent. Uh, but I do kind of like lyrically, you know, I, I, I think it's ace. I, well, I, shit, I don't know. I don't even know we wrote the lyrics. But it kind of reminds me of what I've heard about Ace as a child. You know, Ace was part of a gang and all this shit. And, uh, you know, it's a filler track. I mean, there's no way to paint the fucking turd. It's a, it's a filler track. But it's not horrible. What do you think? Well, you see, uh, as a fanboy, you know, I am the Ace Frehley fanboy. I detest this song. I hate this song. I don't like this song at all. This is total Ace going through the motions. This is like, oh, don't let you cut. I, I hate it. I hate this song. Uh, if I want to hear a sing like this, I put on the Hard Times. Now, that's a good oh, song. Oh, I love Hard Times. This is, this is not. This is terrible. It's just, you can tell Ace just didn't care at this time. And they're like, come on, Ace, you got to sing more than two songs. And they force him to do this. And, uh,. I just think it's 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 terrible. It's horrible, you know, and it's heartbreaking because this ain't Todd Howard. This is Ace Frehley, you know. My, you know, the guy is swinging off his nuts, but this song is just bad. It's just bad all the way around. Bad. What's after this? All right. Well, why don't you take the next one? That is a Todd Howard's. God damn it! I cannot say his name. It's Todd. Howard. Yes, it's it's Todd's song, Fallen Angel. All right, out of all Todd's songs on here, I, this one's the most tolerable. I actually kind of like this one. This one's not bad. I mean, I don't love it. It's not like one of you know, like when I said I love three songs off this album. This ain't one of them. But if you're gonna, if I'm gonna judge this song with all the other Todd songs, I guess it's okay. And I could be wrong, but I think they made a video for this song. There is a video. Was this a single? No, you're wrong. They made a video for it, though. I'm pretty sure. No. Might, I, I was shocked, yeah. Might have been a fan-made video. Oh, okay. I got, no, it was them singing it and everything. Kind of. I'm like, telling you, you were wrong. I think... I think. <laughs> okay, I might be wrong, but <laughs> I think... Like, you know that, that video, um, uh, that song you like? I, I can't even remember the title of it. It's over now. Yes. Uh, it, it was shot during the same time. Like, they're on that same stage, and it's a straight-ahead video of them just doing Fallen Angel. But then again, I could be wrong. But we'll see after we're done with the show. I'll search on YouTube. I'm pretty sure I saw it and saying, what the fuck? They made a video for this? I'm almost positive I saw this. Anyway, it's, you know, compared to the other songs, uh, Todd's songs, I prefer this one over the other ones we've heard already. But it's not really like, wow, I love it. But yeah, it's okay. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you. It's good. It's okay. And I'm going to stand by this when we have Todd. I find it very interesting that we are going to do this show. And what I'd really like to do is redo this whole episode again. Do like a 2.0 with Todd where he throws. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, I, I, I would love that. And I think the fans would tune back in again. 
Because they love anything kiss-related, you fucking kiss nerds. I love you. I'm one of you, too. Uh, I love some of them. Good, not great. Uh, to me, what's that? I said I love some of the kiss nerds. I think a lot of them, uh, not a lot of but I think some of them are fucking Oh, uh, most of them are. Most of them are. I'm telling you, man, people that, I, I, listen to past episodes. Listen to the last episode before this. I go into it in great detail. No, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, we, we don't know when we're going to air this. But listen to, I believe it was Book of Souls. The Book of Souls episode, Iron Maiden. Listen to the intro to that one, and you'll hear what I think of the dumbass kiss nerds out there. That's scientifically proven they're stupid. Yes, it is science, bitches. Uh, but this song, yeah, uh, good, not great. To me, it's very, like, Night Ranger. Very AOR. Uh, not horrible, but a, a, a filler track to me, I'm surprised, because I think the previous two Todd songs are way better than this one. Not horrible. I enjoy it, but I don't think it's on par with the other ones. Uh, then we go into the next song. Which is, uh, Separate. Uh, 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 yeah, 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 I can't defend this one too much. Uh, he's done worse, but not till anomaly. I'll tell you that much. Uh, but I, I, I don't have much in defense of this song, but, uh, there is worse Ace Frehley songs, and they're on anomaly. Not a fan of separate. What do you think? Uh, oh, horrible. Horrible, as bad as juvenile delinquent. And here's a shocking thing. This song was played live during the Fraley's comment. What? So this is going to be off for the next time. I could be wrong, but I believe it's on one of those CDs I talked about earlier. 12 pictures. What? It was played, I believe... At the Hammersmith show, the same show that has, uh, uh, you know, the Live Plus Four home video. It was done at that show, yes. This song was played live to promote. The only song to be played live from Second Sighting on the Fraley's Comet Tour. Wow. And it's really bad. It's so bad. And this, I believe, was in the demos, too, that I have. And it's like, really? You know, one thing that... Sometimes sometimes demos is short for should be demolished. Yeah, there you go. And there's there's some demos that are great that should have replaced this. There's this, he has a song called Audio Video that I really like a lot. Uh, there's several like really cool demos that Ace did back. And I still love Girl Can't Dance. I love that. Yeah, that one's alright. But um, anyway, so um, yeah, this is terrible. What's the next one? All right, the next one. Oh, oh, um. Uh, and I will defend myself when when Todd comes on the show. New kind of lover, uh, filler. Oh, filler, dude. It's filler. It, it's yeah. It, 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 it's it's not good even by Todd. What's his last name? Howard. Standards. Uh, not great. Not 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 a great song. And I'd be surprised if if he had anything different to say. It's it's not horrible, but man, it just it reeks. Reeks of filler, uh, in my opinion. Uh, not a huge fan of this song. It's like if I put it on, though, I'm gonna play the whole thing. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest with you. 
Uh, but I would never go first to this. You know, l luckily Insane's the first song, because that's what I'm going to go first to. Uh, this is not one, though. Uh, and I'm sure you probably hate this song more than me, so why don't you talk about New Kind of Lover? Well, no, I totally disagree with you. It is horrible. It's fucking... It's, it's the worst. <laughs> it's, it's, again, Todd Howard going into Mark Slaughterville with his vocals, hitting it that... See, I like when Todd Howard, like, just reaches oh, it, no, and he's right at the border. <laughs> he gets, like, he gets high at times, like, you know, like, uh, something moved and, you know, um, call, calling on you. He gets high, but he gets to that border where I like it. Like, if you go just a, a, a little bit higher than that, I'm going to hate it, where a new kind of lover, he goes way higher than that. And it's fucking terrible. It's, it's just, you know... That's why I hate this album. Uh, not because of Todd Howard's look. Todd Howard, uh, they gave him a lot of rain on it, but this is an album that was unfocused. It didn't care, and it shows. And that's and I, I can I can hear it in this whole album that there's the, the main member of the band is not caring, and it shows through the music. And here's a prime example of that. This is like uh, uh, a band gone amok without their leader. And it shows all over this song and all over the other ones, with the exception of, you know, the somewhat decent Fallen Angel. All right, so does, does that bring us to the end of the album? Well, we're getting yeah, the last song. Last song. last song I made a video for. This is the, the other song I like. There's three songs I love on this album. This one I fucking love. I made a video for it. Look for it. Type in uh, Ace Frilly or Frilly's Comment. I forgot how I... Uh, Acorn is spinning. Um, instrumental, but it has like Ace Fraley on the phone, like, and they're be they're betting on a boxer called the Acorn, and uh, it's just to me it's hilarious. It's really funny, and then, you know, then when uh, you hear like the boxing announcer, and when Ace Fr uh, the, the Acorn gets knocked out, the fucking uh, the Acorn is spinning. Ace goes into this smoking guitar solo. Here's, this is when I'm finally like, all right, look, Ace is back on the album. Because he seemed to be missing since fucking Dancing with Danger. And he walked out of the room during the second track, too. But uh, I love this song. Great ending uh, to a shitty album. What do you think? Uh, well, this is how I know you're an idiot. Because you agree with me. I love this fucking track. Uh, oh, yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. this is what I want out of Ace. There was far more jammy on this song and more like guitar like I mean soloing it's just this is way better than Fractured 2 I I know it's a blasphemy but I might enjoy this more than Fractured the original it definitely it definitely rocks way hard oh right? yeah oh yeah the way you fucking jams on this I fucking love it I mean I, I really do and you know like you know the funny shit here in Ace's book. The kids on the ropes. Yeah. Ah. You know, you know, it's 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 classic Ace. It's over. The acorns lost. <laughs> that, that fucking New York yeah, accent. Yeah, that's the funny thing. It's like the acorn. What the fuck are you talking about? But it's hilarious, it and I and I love it. I I love the guitar sound on this. It's really good. Um, I I gotta say, I probably. Enjoy this more than any of Ace's solo. I mean the instrumental things. Uh, 
I will give the, the ultimate nod I'm going to give to Dimebag Daryl's version of Fractured. I, I think blows everything away. But uh, coming in number two is the Acorn Spinning. I love it. Uh, and that brings that brings to close this album. It was released May twenty fourth, nineteen eighty eight, just a few short months after Live Plus One. It made it to number eighty one on the Billboard charts. And this album was produced by the entire band <coughs> plus uh, what's his name Scott Mitsubishi, who also was a producer on Live Plus One. Uh, this was the last album to feature the Fraley's Comet name. Uh, in 1989, just a, a short year later, he would release Trouble Walking, which I loved, uh, but was credited just Ace Fraley. Uh, Todd was gone, Richie Scarlett's back, um, Jamie Aldraker was gone, Anton Fig was back, uh, but John Regan was still there. And I think that was a great album. I, I, but I remember, like, there was no, like, press. Like, I just walked into Chicago Records one day, and I saw, like, I didn't know, I didn't even know fucking Hot in the Shade was coming out. I just, I, I that, that is true. That, that, I remember that, too. Walking into a store and seeing Hot in the Shade going, what is this, some kind of compilation? Then I right. Then around, I was like, this is a new kid right. album? Right. You talk about like not promoted and, at all. And I gotta look at the release dates, but I want to say they were real close together. But I, they were, and, they were. And, um, and, and another one around that time, even though it was a year later, another one I had no idea until I walked in was uh, "No Prayer for the Dying" by Iron Maiden. Like I had no idea there was a new one. I just walked in like, oh shit, gotta buy it. It's it. I could be wrong, but I believe. Um, Hot in the Shade and Trouble Walking both came out in the same month. I could be wrong, but I, I think it did. And there was a little problem with Ace and Gene at the time, because Gene called Ace begging him not to put uh, Hide Your Heart on the album. Right, and, and I, I, I'll tell you this, I think Paul sang it better, but the guitar solo by Ace is way better than what Bruce did. I don't like either version. Uh, well, I, I, I love this song, so... Uh, but uh, I, I will say Paul sang it better, but Ace played it better. But anyway, that's our opinion on uh, Fraley's Comet. And I'm very excited in the future to do a 2.0 version of this with Todd Howard. What's his last name? Todd Howard and John Reed. Yes, I would love to get either one of them or both to, to, to redo this. And I think that would be fun for us. And for the fans, and I will stand by everything I said. And I know Ralph's got balls, so he's going to stand by what he said. Oh, no, I'm not backing down, man. I'll say it. I'll oh. say it. I, I, I know. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I am going to let him know how much I love his work on Fraley's comics. It's not like I'm going to oh, talk right. the guy. I'm just, be honest, man. Oh, no, no. And, 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 dude, I totally respect you, and I wouldn't expect anything less from you. But, uh, so we've done that. Let's go into Pick of the Week. And, Ralph, do you have Pick of the Week, or do you need me to do that? Ah, uh, you know how it is. All right. Well, I'm going to do it. And, uh, my Pick of the Week is something way out of our realm. Uh, not hard rock. It's not metal. But it's one of, in my opinion, one of the greatest albums of all time. It's the 1973 classic by Mr. Stevie Wonder. 
and this album is called Inner Visions. And I absolutely love this album. Uh, I'm going to run through the tracks real quick. Too High, Visions, Living for the City, Golden Lady, Higher Ground, Jesus, Children of America, All in Love is Fair, Don't You Worry About a Thing, and He's Mr. Know-It-All. Uh, this, Regardless of what you listen to, this is a great album uh, that crosses all genres. If you love good music, good musicianship, good songwriting, uh, I mean, you got to give it up to Stevie Wonder. I mean, I know it got cheesy in the 80s with, you know, part-time lover and shit like that. But you, you know, 60s and 70s Stevie Wonder is amazing. And music that people, regardless of what you listen to, you have to respect it. I think, as far as musicianship, talent, everything, Inner Visions, one of the greatest albums of all time. Absolutely love it. Check it out. If you don't like Inner if you use the Amazon link to buy Inner Visions and you don't like it, send it to me and I will give you a full refund. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's somebody that stands behind what he yes, says. Yes, and I mean that 100%. But it also means that probably he doesn't own it, so he doesn't mind. No, ah, uh, you see it right here. I have. Okay, all right. I like the one with Sir Duke. What's the name? Oh, of that? that's song, songs in the key of life. I have that on yeah. vinyl. That's yeah, that's album. a great album. Great. I love Sir Duke. That's like my favorite. Oh, Wonder amazing song. song. Um, my pick of the week is Pride and Glory. The first uh, album Zach Wilde did when he left Ozzy's band. Because, uh, you know, as many of you know, I am really into the Southern rock. And this album is total Southern rock. Amazing album. Um, Amazing album. Fuck yeah, man. Uh, Horse Called War. Um, Sweet Jesus. Beautiful song. Losing Your Mind. Losing Your Mind is the, the single from the album. Uh, but you know, actually, this whole album I love. I love every song on the album. The reissue took out a song called "Finding a Friend," even though the reissue says "Finding a Friend" on the on the fucking uh, CD. It's not on there. They fucked up. Um, so the original version, which was on Geffen, Geffen, yeah, I think. yeah it was on Geffen. So "Finding a Friend." I mean, yeah, you know, it's. It, not one of the best songs on the album. It's still a great song. I, I did not. I need to check because I have the reissue. Okay, you don't have the original. No, no, no it's not on there. Oh, so okay. A, a buddy of mine had yeah. it too, and I was like, dude, Finding a Friend is not on here, though it says it on there. Uh, I Hate Your Guts, hilarious song, which was very, like, at the time, I knew a girl that was that really fucked me over, so, you know, I kind of like dedicated hey enough about my mother hey but you know what's funny was uh she actually liked the song after i sent it to her she's like you know that's a really good song <laughs> i was like even though you're dedicating it to me that you want to run me over with your truck and everything at the time i did own a truck too which made it very appropriate but that album smokes i gotta tell you a funny story i saw pride and glory once but it was technically not pride and glory it was Zach Wilde and two other guys, because it wasn't James Lomenzo and whoever. Uh, Brian, Brian Tissue. Okay, those guys were not there. Zach Wilde played a free show here in Miami at Bayfront Park, and before he came on stage, he had a nasty fall. 
and he fucked up his arm so bad that it was bleeding profusely and he still came out and jammed with blood all over the place uh, between songs they kept you know like putting uh, new bandages on it he came out played toe in a line then uh, horse call war I can tell you because it wasn't oh, the longest set because he wasn't headlining it was like a big the nice war the, the nicest guy I've ever met and I've met a lot of rock stars Zach Wilde is the fucking truth. He is so nice, and he appreciates his fans. He is, you know, whether you can stand up or not, dude, he is an amazing individual and loves his fans. You know, and I and I love how a lot of people, like, hate on Zach, but they love Pride and Glory. And they're like, oh, now he's like a fake biker. Uh, excuse me, but, but Zach's from New Jersey. You know, and he's doing Southern Rock. What? He was in the South part of Jersey. Come on. I mean, it's still. He's still. I love. By the way, I love Black Label. I'm a big fan of Black Label as well. Yes, I enjoy Book of Shadows and and uh, Pride of Glory more than Black Label. But Black Label, like uh, the Blessed Hell. Oh Ride yeah. And, uh, Blessed Hell. Mafia. I love those albums. You know, I think those are great, solid albums. But Pride and Glory is different. It's not your Zach Wilde. His voice was very strong at the time. Yeah. But he also had that southern drawl during it that made it, you know, oh, but he's from Jersey. He doesn't tell it. But that, his heart was into Leonard Skinner. You know, before there was a Pride and Glory, he had a band called Leonard Skinner. Yes, Leonard Skinner. And Ozzy will say this too. Like backstage, he was constantly jamming like Leonard Skinner and Almond Brothers. That's what he was into. And I also want to say, you know that he played with Almond Brothers. Yeah, yes, I have a bootleg of that. And he does an amazing version of Coming Home when he joined Leonard Skinner on stage. And that, I don't know if you can find that on YouTube. I have an audio of it. It's just Zach on acoustic doing Coming Home. It's mind-blowing. And this version of, uh, what's the song off of uh, Street Survivors? It's it's a bonus track, I think, on Mafia. Uh, you got that right? Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, oh, I haven't heard. Oh it. no, I, I God, no! It's it's a. Uh, oh, it's it's the best. It, it and it blows Leonard Skinner's version away. Uh, on Street Survivors? I mean, I don't even really uh, know of any dream, Skinner songs. Dreams yet. I've never seen. That's Almond Brothers. Oh, and and Molly. Hatton. All right, you keep talking about it. I'm gonna go find it. Well, that's... The, okay, go look for it. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. I mean, as Ian finds that, all I got to say is that, you know, I know Zach gets a, a lousy rap for being a fake biker, but, you know, I, I don't I don't look into all this shit, man, because my little rant of this show is, like, if everybody lived on a fucking desert island and you didn't know what anybody looks like and you listen to music for the music, I think people would actually, like, like music a little more. I'm sorry, anybody that uses the excuse of Zach Wilde's a fake biker, fuck him, are, are idiots. I think if anybody says, man, I heard Black Label Society and they fucking suck and I hate that music, then I can respect it a little more. I, I'm not a little more, 100% more because you're actually talking about music, not about how what fuckers look like. Like, you know, the whole Kiss thing. I hate Kiss with Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer, but I love Monster. 
I mean, everybody's got to look at, listen to music and decide if you like music or not. Not the packaging, you fucking posers. That's all I got to say. Anybody that hates Zach because he's a fake biker. You know, and I love it because most of these guys that say he's a fake biker say, you know, I, I like Brian Glory. Yeah, but he's a fake southern guy. He's from Jersey. I don't care about where he's from, how he's from. All I care about how he delivers the music because in, at the end of the day, that's all it's about. So if we could just get rid of fucking packaging and knowing how they are and this and that, people would enjoy music a hell of a lot. Oh, I hate people. I really hate people. I hate you. You listen to me out there? Anybody out there that list, that hates Zach just because of the way he looks, he's a fake biker, instead of like listening to the music, of course, he's a fake biker, therefore the music sucks, I'm not going to give it a chance. Fuck you! Oh, I, I, I found the song, and I believe it's the bonus track on Mafia. The song, the Leonard Skinner song is I've, I Never Dreamed. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, my yes. God. It... That's right. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're it right. buries the Leonard Skinner. I version. love Skinner's version. No, 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 no. Version's no, no, beautiful. No. Zach Wilde buries it. It's one of those where the cover, like, he took it somewhere they didn't even think of. I never, you I never what? dreamed. Check that shit out on YouTube. Yeah. Type in Black Label Society. I never dreamed. And tell me it doesn't bury the Leonard Skinner version. I'm sorry. All respect to Leonard Skinner buries it. I, I love the Skinner version. I can't say it's better. I will say that, you know, and again, uh, to show you I'm not biased, man, you know what's a horrible cover he did? He's done a couple really bad Junior's covers. Eyes. I was disappointed in it. Horrible. Horrible. So I, disappointed. And Come come Together, the Beatles. Uh, yeah, but but to, it's just too, it's like I'm trying too hard to be All right. I, 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 I got to piss, but that cover of Junior's Eyes, I was so excited for it because that is one of my all-time favorite Black Sabbath yeah, songs. Me too. And, and, and I was like, oh my God, Zach's going to knock this out the fucking park. And and it was the biggest fucking limp wrist I ever heard. And I'd say it to his face. Yeah, I, I, love, I love his I version of Going to California. Uh, going to California, the Zeppelin... Uh, he, I don't know where the fuck that's from. It's probably off some Led Zeppelin tribute album or something. But it's fucking amazing. An amazing fucking song. Um, I mean, amazing version that he does. Um, I'm trying to think of some other versions, uh, some covers. Ian's taking a picture. He does Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be, and I like how he plays it, but I think uh, the sound, I think it's like a drum machine or something. It kind of ruins it for me. It sounds kind of sterile. Um, what else did Zach cover? I know he covered a lot of stuff. Um, well, I mean, that's it. As far as this goes, so uh, Ian, why don't you uh, go into everything that you need to do? Plug uh, all the. All right. Well, we got new fan of the week. Yeah. All right. Fan of the week is uh, a fellow podcaster, uh, the man behind Mars Attacks, Victor Ruiz. I hope I'm saying this right. Is it R U I V? Yes. That's Ruiz. Ruiz. Victor Ruiz from Mars Attacks, and he also started up a, a website called Ear Peeler, which uh, just shows people all the different podcasts. And he's really been like pushing our show and and advertising us, and it, it's so amazing. He's a really good guy. 
that does a really good podcast. I, I really stand behind Mars Attacks. Uh, as we're recording this this month, he's doing all like classic albums where he talks to a lot of rock stars where they talk about classic albums and give their reviews. And they've all been very entertaining shows. And he's done a lot to promote us. And I appreciate that so much that he would even... Because his show's a lot bigger than ours, but he's taking an interest in us. And he's promoting us the best he can. And that means the world to me. So check out Mars Attacks Podcast and Victor Ruiz. Uh, you are our fan, Louie. Thank you, Victor. And we are not going to forget you when we eclipse you and take over the universe as the greatest podcast ever. It's science, bitches. True story. That's right. All right. That's not me saying it. It's science. As usual, check out that metal station where you can hear us Sundays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, while you're on that metal station, touch. Check out DJ uh, Mike Tyler, who's got two shows, a total thrash show on Tuesdays and an all-encompassing metal show on Fridays. Check it. Go to that metal station for time and listings. Uh, also, that metal station is looking for DJs. Uh, man, and Mike Tyler started out as a fan of our show that uh, now he's doing amazing. You can do this, too. Get in touch with Scott Green at that metal station or on Facebook, Scott Green. Check it out because you could be the next Mike Tyler and you could be an awesome fucking DJ. If this is your passion, do it. Also, check. I got I got a little message from Mike. Okay. Um, if you get off, I know it's not you. I think it's the guy that, that works for you. That he wants like DJs to be live. Um... And so be it. But if you want a pre-recorded DJ, I am the best. Well, along with Mike Tyler. I'll, I'll bring you the fucking rating. But stop with this gotta be live bullshit. I got a life. You know, I can't be fucking sitting home every fucking week on a certain day because I got two bands. I got 15 girlfriends. I got a job. You know, I'm a busy dude, but I find the time to do stuff. I will be an amazing, amazing... DJ for you if you let me pre-record my DJ. Well, but that's something we got to tell everybody out there. If you're going to be a DJ for Scott Green and that metal station, it's got to be. Well, no, 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 no. No, there's been a lot of changes at that metal station lately. And I think if you really want to do that route, I think Scott would work with you because Scott's doing everything he can now to make this station the best it can be. Okay, okay. Uh, Scott, I'm calling out. He, he, I'm calling. He, you know what? No, no, no. I'm going to... Tell me if this ain't right, uh, Ian. Which, I, by the way, I love Scott. I love that metal station. Even though he's a little bit of a smart ass to me on Facebook. A little too much. But that's fine. I can overlook it because after all, you know, everybody's inferior to me. But here's the thing I got to say to Scott. I will do the DJ stuff. And, you know, in a heartbeat. But only if you're hearing me say this now. Because if you didn't sit through our whole episode, fuck you, I ain't doing it. Hey, Scott listens to the show every week. Scott. All right, Scott. So hit me up after hey, you hear this. I, I, there, there was another person at the station that was more about the live than Scott. He is no longer there. Scott is doing all this himself. 
and he's mixing up the station now. He's playing more different types of metal, and it, it, it's better than ever. And if you want to do this, is Mike Tyler's show. Oh God! Oh God! He does like midnights to five in the morning. What? What five hours? Yeah, that, that, I believe that's on Fridays, and I think he. It's a four or five hour show. And he does a, a four to five hour show on Tuesdays, and no, no, no. he I'm is knocking it. it out of the park. He's one of the best rated DJs they have. Well, well, you need to talk to Scott Green, but I think they can work something out, and I think he'd love to have you. Scott Green is an awesome guy that's doing amazing stuff at this station. But uh, anyway, check out that metal station. Also, check the stuff on the Indie Authority, where you can hear us Saturday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. We're very proud to be on there. And check us out on Podbean, podbean.com, where you can find all the links to everything we do. More importantly, the Amazon link. Go on there. Whatever you want to buy, use our Amazon link. And you can buy whatever. It will take you to, like, metal and CDs. But once you go on there, you can go to whatever. If you want to buy a fucking dildo, you buy a dildo. But using our link, and I get a kickback, and I appreciate it. doesn't cost you a penny more. And while you're on the Podbean page, there's also links to the YouTube page, which is back in full effect. Ralph has put up so many new episodes and another way to enjoy some of your favorite episodes, the way Ralph, if you've ever seen Ralph's reviews and Ralph's videos, this is that I'm fucking 10. Whatever album, whatever band we're talking about, it's videos, pictures from that era. Everything is in sync, ready to go. It's amazing. He puts so much time into this. An episode you hear one of your favorites, Go to the YouTube page and check it out because it's that much better. Also, if you're not on there, why not? Join the Facebook page. We have over close to 1,200 people on the Facebook page. A lot of you are active. I'd like to see a little bit more activity out of the other people. But you know what? The page is blown the fuck up and I love it. I'm very active on there Monday through Fridays. Fucking Dr. Fuck jumps in every once in a while. Get your ass on the Facebook page. Send a request. I'll accept it. And let's get the party going. And check out a few shows that we believe in and also believe in us. Check out the Decibel Geek podcast. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Mars Attacks. Podkissed with the great Ken Mills, the Podfather. Uh, he also has a Cheap Trick podcast called Cheap Talk that is amazing. Check out History Science Theater. And, man, just support us. And go on iTunes, please. If you go on iTunes, hit subscribe. Leave a fucking five-star rating and a review. It really helps us take it to the next level. I can't stress that enough. We have so many listeners this last month, we have blown the fuck up on iTunes. I want to see the reviews and the ratings reflect that. Please, it means everything to the show. I know we ain't got no time for music on this episode because it's extra long, but I want to thank you for tuning in, and I'm going to tell you to come back next week. Wait. Okay. 
I also wanna, uh, I wanna do a couple plugs. All right. Um, Metal Messiah Radio with Jet, always been a supporter of Thrasher Die and Doctor Fucks and Evers, uh, and she's fine. And uh, also Barbarian Rage, it's a podcast that really cool. I love. I will always promote them. Uh, well, always when I remember because. You know, I'm getting up there in age. I forget stuff. But uh, those are the two things I want to plug. And also, uh, uh, buy Melting Your Skull by Thrasher Die. Yeah. Uh, available everywhere. All right. Go ahead, Ian. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, and I know you did, come back next week when our special guest is none other than Striper's own Michael Sweet. Jo- yes. Joins us in the episode to talk about deicides once upon the cross. Oh, that should Ooh, be Oh, I, I, I sense a little conflict. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.